Hi, in this video I'm going to explain what common mode rejection ratio is and actually how to measure it in this particular case of a high voltage differential probe here. But it doesn't have to be a uh, high voltage differential probe available on the EEV blog store by the way, discount uh, coupon code down below. Any differential amplifier circuit, be an op amp or a discrete uh, transistor one, it will have a common mode rejection ratio. So let's have a look at it. We're going to measure it with the brand spanking new Roden Schwartz a four MXO four series scope here, twelve bit jobby because why not? It's beautiful. So the common mode rejection ratio of a differential amplifier, in this case a differential probe, as the name suggests, is just the ratio of the differential gain of the amplifier divided by the common mode gain of the amplifier. And what is uh, differential and what is common mode? Well, a differential amplifier measures the difference between. Uh, two inputs here. Their base essentially is no ground reference. It is a differential signal and a differential amplifier will have a, a gain of, of that differential signal. That's its job. If your differential amplifier has a gain of 10 and you put one volt differential across here, it doesn't matter where it is in the circuit, it's a differential voltage, doesn't matter about the ground reference, it'll multiply that by 10 and that's its uh, differential gain. Now you divide that by the common mode gain. Now what is the common mode gain? Well instead of the differential voltage across here, it is an external voltage applied to both of them at the same time. So in this particular case, okay, we've got these long leads here and we could have like external uh, either capacitive coupling or uh, EMI coupling into the probe like this. So uh, they're basically getting on the, onto the probes in the same way. And this is why the wires are twisted like this. And if you're measuring a differential signal, it means any external noise or interference in should, in theory, um, apply to both uh, wires at the same time. So it's an external reference, in this particular case, reference to the grounded output of our differential probe. So the job of a differential amplifier is to amplify the difference between its positive and negative input while rejecting all of the signal or much of the signal as it can that is applied commonly to both of these wires. So that's why it's a common mode rejection ratio. So in theory, your differential amplifier should have an infinite common mode rejection ratio. It just measures the difference here and rejects everything else. It has no gain at all of any common mode signal being picked up by both wires. But in practice, eh, no, that's not going to happen. D just the design of the amplifier itself and most importantly, the matching of the input uh, resistor uh, network in here. And I've done a teardown um, of a high voltage differential probe down like this. I'll link it in up here and down below if you haven't seen it. And uh, just the matching between the resistors on here is uh, pretty much determines the common mode rejection ratio of this probe. Because usually, like the op amps used inside here, they're usually pretty good. They're going to have like a rejection ratio of like, you know, over 100 dB or something. Whereas the resistor divider drops that down to like 40 or even less. Now, a product like this HVP70 differential probe, it'll typically have a common mode rejection ratio figure measured at various spot frequencies. Maybe if you're lucky, you might get like a response uh, curve of common mode rejection ratio because it's going to vary depending on the frequency. So it's going to change. So they typically, here's the uh, values for this HVP70 uh, and it gives us four spot values there. And the ratio you can see is, you know, like at 10 megahertz minus 40 dB. 
And it is usually given in a dB figure, but doesn't have to be because it's just a ratio. So you could just use the ratio figure. And the interesting thing about this is that the common mode rejection ratio is, as I said, the differential gain divided by the common mode gain. And that actually comes out at a positive value. But so why is the data sheet negative? Well, it's kind of, there's no like standard for this kind of thing. So you just sort of have to like understand that when you're talking a negative number, in this particular case, minus 60 dB, uh, common mode rejection would be better than minus 40 dB. But if you had it, if you specify it as a positive one, as you might get on say a uh, op amp data sheet, here's an example, uh, you would get a, the higher the value is going to be better. So that positive or negative thing, just a little trap for young players, just be aware of that. Right, so how do we measure the common mode rejection ratio and verify the common mode rejection ratio of this probe. First thing you want to do is, as I said, you want to twist the wires like this so that any uh, external noise is equally picked up on both. And then you need a uh, signal generator. In this particular case, this uh, new Roden Schwartz MX-04 can go up to 100 megahertz, so very nice. And then we want to feed the output of the SIGGEN into a 50 ohm terminated load so that uh, we don't have any transmission line issues whatsoever, no reflections causing problems. I've done videos on that and how you can goof that up in noise measurements and stuff like that. So I'll link in that video up here and down below if you uh, haven't seen it. So here I'm using an external 50 ohm uh, 2 watt termination, a series termination, even though the scope has a built-in. If you look down here, you could actually come a gutter because this has only like got a half watt rating. It's less than five volts RMS. Just, you know, you don't want to blow up your scope when you do something like this because you want to use a high, as high a voltage as uh, possible. But in this particular case, I'm just showing you it's better to use a high rated uh, external uh, terminator just so you don't blow up your really expensive beautiful shiny scope. And then we're just uh, tapping off right across this uh, 50 ohm terminator load here. So here's the negative uh, terminal and here's the positive terminal. So what we want to do is connect both of these inputs together, short them together and connect to the positive input like this. Why the positive input? Because it means that we're applying a voltage relative to the output here, because the output is ground reference like this. So we're actually uh, referencing it to the output. So we're effectively feeding that signal generator voltage into both of these leads, i.e. a common mode signal relative to the uh, grounded output. Because if you remember, all the grounds on your scope are all common. So this is the input signal and the output and they're uh, effectively joined, they're common. So what happens if I just connect one of these to here? Well, <laughs> you saw it, the green signal is our output, the uh, yellow is our input there, and our green signal, it gives us a nice clean output like that, okay? So our differential uh, probe is, because this one's just flapping around in the breeze, right, doing nothing, and you'll see that just jump all over the place there. And if I touch it, look at that, like we're picking up all sorts of crap. And you'll get the same, exactly the same thing, if you connect the negative up like that, right? The exact same thing will happen because this is a differential amplifier. It, it doesn't care. Um, it just, you're just unbalancing that input. But if you connect both of them on, like that to the same point, then bingo, we've got a really small signal. So this probe isn't perfect. It's got a common mode rejection ratio. So there you go. It's, there's a signal being amplified, even though that input 
is completely shorted. And you'll notice that goes away if we don't connect up to that, okay? There's our ground there, so we've just got like the inherent uh, noise of that amplifier. And it doesn't matter what I do to the probes here, but this one, if we hook it back up, you'll notice that if I start playing with those probes, things start happening. Okay, it starts like being influenced because like we've got these long leads here. That's why a differential probe with like like really shorter leads is better. But these have them. Uh, most probes have them built in though, unfortunately. So what happens if I untwist those leads like this? We're going to get the same signal, but we potentially have more variation. Check it out. You actually get huge differences. Like if I like take my hand away from that, right? You can get large differences like that. So if you don't uh, twist the leads and keep that common mode signal, right? You can completely screw up and come a gutter on your measurement. Now that I've explained what we're doing and I've shown you the setup here, there's no reason to look at this anymore. So I'm gonna actually go over to a remote desktop view and uh, we'll do a direct screen capture of this. It'll be just be nicer and because I can. Ah, isn't this schmick? Look at this, Ethernet remote control. It's got a built-in web browser, so we can just go to the IP address and bam, we're in. So we can actually, we can do some uh, like configuration and file manager stuff, but let's just go to full screen here. So channel one, the yellow one, that's our SIG uh, gen there. We've got uh, one volt uh, per division, 50 megahertz bandwidth, because you do want a uh, bandwidth limit. And this scope actually has some cool software bandwidth uh, limiting options in it, um, which we might see later. And uh, one, one mega ohm uh, input, Put uh, DC couple, DC or AC, doesn't matter. And channel two, also the same uh, 50 megahertz uh, bandwidth here. Leave it on uh, two millivolts there, shall we? Now you can see we've got a real fuzzy wuzzy waveform here. Now, of course, this is a uh, 12 bit scope. You don't necessarily need a 12 bit scope for you know this particular application that we're doing uh, right here, but 10 or 12 bits, more better, but we can actually go more than this. So you can actually see up here, up the top, it's telling us uh, to just that's the basic 12 bit, uh, but we can go higher because if I get my ugly mug out of here, we can see that I've got a HD mode down here, a high definition uh, mode, and we can actually set that on. Whoop, oh, there we go. We instantly set it on, and you'll notice that our 12 bits went to 16 bits up here. But before we go ahead with that, I'll just mention the uh, signal gen here. Now, uh, you want this to be as high amplitude as possible because the output signal that you're actually trying to measure, um, that common mode signal is really low. So the higher the input signal, the better. So I've gone up to the maximum uh, amplitude here of uh, five volts uh, peak to peak here. And uh, we've got a frequency of 10 megahertz because that's just the, uh, uh, you know, a typical figure we've got in the data sheet, which we want to try and uh, verify. So we want to clean this up a bit more. So let's do some averaging. So we'll go up to the uh, acquisition up here and we're actually uh, in sample mode. So we'll go down here to average mode and then boom, we can do like 40 averages, something like that. We can take the uh, time base out a bit like that. So we've got a decent number of signals. You can see that our average there, we've got 40 averages there and uh, that's just clean that up a tad. But you can see how we are dealing with the wobblies down here. Cause as I said, the test setup is everything. So if you can shield it and keep the lead short and uh, make sure that they're twisted and everything else, it's gonna be uh, better. So what we need now is to compare the input signal to the output signal. That'll give us our common mode rejection ratio. In this particular case, that it's actually negative here. So at 10 megahertz, it's minus 40 dB here. So we wanna flip that around here to give the output divided by the input. Now to measure this uh, ratio between input and output, we can even measure the uh, peak to peak value or the RMS value. 
doesn't matter. RMS is, you know, it's better, it's more accurate. But you might think that we use this RMS value here and uh, that 1.4 millivolts like that. But I've done a video on this where that RMS value, that includes any DC offset component. So that's not quite what you want. So let's go into the measurement uh, menu here. Unfortunately, they don't have it in the basic category. You've got to go down to vertical there. There you go, standard deviation AC RMS. I've done an entire video on that. So we want uh, channel uh, one. But I can actually uh, go in here like this. I can double click on that and I can choose specific type AC RMS like that. So let's actually get a few waveforms on screen here so it's a bit more accurate. And uh, once again, we can turn the statistics on there. Come on, can't double click to get into the menu. Urgh. Oops, I had the uh, wrong bandwidth there. So we have to use the 50 megahertz uh, bandwidth here because we're measuring uh, 10 meg. 20 meg is a bit close to the frequency. You want to be a bit more than double above like that. So, you know, 50 is, 50 is not a bad value. So we get our confuser out here and we look at the RMS value here. Don't be confused by, remember how I mentioned standard deviation before? You gotta watch my standard deviation video. The standard deviation here is not referring to the AC RMS, it's referring to the standard deviation of the standard deviation AC RMS signal. So it's like, it is very confusing. So yeah, don't come a guts of there. So we need to uh, get our confuser out and uh, 883 microvolts. So microvolts, we won't get any more precision than that, uh, divided by our input because we want a negative uh, number. So 1.75 volts. Then we want to take the log of that uh, and then multiply that by 20, not 10 because this is a voltage so we get minus 65 uh, minus 66 basically hmm that doesn't sound right because our spec over here says minus 40 at 10 megahertz why is it way way better way way better hmm because this cmrr is what's called input referred it's referring to the input of the actual uh, amplifier, in this case inside the uh, probe here, before it gets gained up by the amplifier. Now, if you noticed in the video before, we're in the uh, 10 to one division ratio setting. So there's a gain of 10 in there. So we have to account for that uh, gain of 10 in here in our dB figure. Now, you know, a good data sheet, they should actually specify that and tell you exactly what it is. Now, this is a good marketing trick because marketing can make the common mode rejection figure sound a lot better just by saying, oh, that's input referred instead of like output referred. So in this particular case, uh, our times 10 uh, probe over there, times 10, of course, in dBs is 20 dB and times 100 would be 40 dB times a thousand would be 60 dB. It goes up 20 dB for each order of magnitude step. So we have to actually add on uh, 20 dB to that. Minus 66 dB becomes minus 46 dB. So yes, it does actually meet that specification. So it beats it by 6 dB, not too shabby. So let's repeat this at one megahertz. So it should get better by about uh, 10 dB. So it got this 46 here. Maybe we'll get 56, will we? So there you go, 423 microvolts divided by 1.8 volts there. Uh, and log times uh, 20 equals minus 72. Yep, add uh, 20 uh, dB to that. So it's minus 50 
two. So there you go. This typical spec is minus 50. We're getting minus 52. Yeah, comes out. But if we try and measure it down at 50 hertz here, which is supposed to be minus 80 dB, so it, like it, it's 20 dB increase over 20 kilohertz, you can see that, yeah, it's it's gone to nothing. Again here, 500 microvolts per division, and there's nothing, there's nothing there. I mean, we can take that figure and punch it into the calculator, but like, there's just nothing there. We're basically measuring the uh, RMS value of the noise at this point. Anyway, you can see the uh, process there. That's how we can measure the spot frequency. Now, how can we get a plot over frequency? I'm glad you asked. We can do this using, if we go into apps here, for FFRA or Frequency Response Analyzer. So let's open this bad boy up. Yeah, we can get a plot of this over frequency when we can also get phase as well. So we're gonna put our stop frequency in here of uh, 10 megahertz. And start frequency, yeah, we can actually start down at that uh, 50 hertz. So we set up our input as channel 1, our output is uh, channel 2, 50 hertz to 10 megahertz. Uh, amplitude, as you, once again, you want the maximum uh, amplitude. Run on this. Now watch down in the bottom corner down here. As it's adjusted, it's set to AC. And then it's adjusting the range all in real time and you can see it's slowly plotting here it's only a small it's got a table and a thing we could we could zoom that later if we really wanted to 50 hertz 100 hertz right it's down in the noise starting to get out of the noise there we can adjust the uh, range in a minute to actually see that and boom we are done now i don't think there's anything in here that allows us to set the offset there just remember that we have to add uh, 20 db onto uh, these figures here so you can see that uh you know around about five megahertz there it does really you know it starts to gets worse the uh, higher that is uh, the worse it is and you can see that the uh the red plot here is the uh, gain we're not too that doesn't matter for our combo rejection ratio but if we actually extend the bandwidth on that we should be able to actually see a phase reversal so at 10 megahertz here, you can see uh, minus 64, which is minus uh, 44. The one megahertz uh, figure, it, so minus 71 is minus 51 uh, dB there. So yeah, that meets the uh, spec. So if we go up to the full bandwidth here, 70 megahertz of this probe, let's rerun that again. I'm not gonna go low frequency this time. So, so it's auto ranging each time it actually takes these uh, samples, which is really uh, quite nice. So it's maximizing its uh, dynamic range there. And it's also adjusting its bandwidth as well. You'll see that the, uh, yeah, just jump from one to two megahertz, three megahertz, see? So it's actually it's software adjusting that bandwidth. This is really cool. This is a very good frequency response analyzer. So we're looking for the phase response to actually uh, reverse here. Oh, yep, there it is. There it is. That's totally expected. Not just a differential amplifier, it's a normal amplifier behavior. But once again, phase doesn't uh, mean anything here. Right up to 70 megahertz, it's uh, it, minus 41, which is minus 21 dB. So it's a fairly sharp rise. It's once you get above that 10 megahertz, that's why they don't give you a figure up at 50 meg or 70 meg. They, they Once again, marketing just does, you know, stop at 10 megahertz. There you go, common mode rejection ratio. If you enjoyed it, give it a big thumbs up. As always, discuss it down below and subscribe to EV Blog 2 and my Odyssey channel where there's exclusive videos over there. If you want to see a couple of, ex I think I've got two exclusive videos of the Roden Schwartz oscilloscope, why it's actually been delayed because um, <laughs> we had to actually uh, swap it. Yeah, this is really sweet um, scope. So yeah. Uh, leave, leave it in the comments. Do you want to see a teardown or do you, do you want to see a feature review? It's got so many features, but I can show you some of the uh, really cool 
stuff in this. It's going to be good. So anyway, catch you next time. Thank <laughs> you.